Hey y'all, I'm Brooke Hoover, a Louisiana native, actor, writer, and comedian. I've lost 100 pounds through diet and exercise, or shall I say, lifestyle changes. My 20 year and counting health journey has taught me that just like taking a diet pill for weight loss, body positivity doesn't magically happen overnight. I'm working on regaining my self-esteem and rekindling my love affair with Cajun and Southern comfort food in a healthier way, all the while juggling eating as clean as I can, reestablishing myself in the entertainment industry, which, as we know, is historically fat-phobic, all the while showing my inner fat girl some love. That's fat with a PH. Pretty hot and tempting. Let me tell y'all a tale or two. They're great! Silly rabbit, tricks are for kids! Cookie crisp! Y'all, those were the alarm clocks of childhood. Well, well, almost everyone's childhood of the 80s and 90s, except for mine. See, y'all, at my house, Mama didn't allow any of that fun, cartoony cereal because that's just plain junk, baby! I told her, but mama, they say they have added vitamins. Vitamins are worthless if they're coated in sugar, baby. Well, y'all, while I thought mama was slowly torturing me, at the end of the day, she was kind of right. And she was maybe a little ahead of her time. Or if we think about it, maybe she was old school if we're thinking about how like they didn't have sugary cereals made out of chemicals that tasted like magic and nostalgia back in the day. I mean, can you imagine like our cave people ancestors in the paleo days eating Lucky Charms and then having the energy to be able to kill a saber-toothed tiger for dinner? No. But Annie, my dog, Annie the palm is getting turned up because she heard Tony the tiger. Annie, they're great. Annie, she's joining in with her own kind of cereal. If your dog had a cereal, what would their cereal be called? I don't quite know. Palmy Crisps. Archer and Annie says if they had cereal, it would be called Palmy Crisp. Can y'all imagine? Oh, what would it be? It would be cereal with flakes and with pomegranates within that turn the cereal pink. That's the gimmick of Annie and Archer's cereal. Sorry, guys, we have been interrupted by Pomeranians, and I say in life, if you're going to be interrupted, it's okay if you're interrupted by Pomeranians. So at the time, instead of being grateful for Mama making me avoid those sugars and chemicals, I just thought she was being her like usual unconventional weird not like the other moms not like the normal parents self so for breakfast when it when mama was around when mama had any say in it if it wasn't a rare day when I wasn't around mama for breakfast I had a choice between grape nuts raisin bran cornflakes with sweet and low on top if I was lucky or if I'd won the jackpot sometimes we would have cold leftover pizza from the night before which one of my aunts made fun of mama for letting me have pizza for breakfast and which mama replied it's got all the five food groups baby and actually mama was right mama's always right baby Y'all, I think I'm losing my mind here. I'm doing mama's voice in my head and responding to myself in mama's voice. And I'm also pitching Pomeranian-based cereal. Whoa. And it's not even 
10.30 a.m. But without getting into it, because it, it really isn't fun to compare numbers or like visuals of the nutrition label on a podcast, right? Um, I'm just going to kind of break down it more simply. Um, let's review Cookie Crisp, one of my favorite um, guilty pleasure ooh, cereals back in the day versus Grape Nuts, one of the cereals I was allowed to eat, which I am very, very thankful. I am sending myself white light right now that I never cracked a tooth on a Grape Nut. I hope none of y'all ever did either. So, okay. So for one cup of cookie crisp, we're going without milk here. It's only 140 calories. That's very minimal in the cal- caloric scheme of things. But for grape nuts, it's 210 calories for half a cup. But y'all, this is proof that you cannot judge nutritional content on calories alone. That's that's my point, y'all, with this whole episode. Um, I will have one episode specifically about calories versus, versus nutrition. That's the whole point of one of the main points of this here podcast. We can't diet culture it up or use antiquated diet torture saying, I'm counting calories. You can't just count calories. It's best to focus on what is going to fuel you nutritionally. Like, how did they expect us to solve a Rubik's Cube or operate an easy-bake oven without hardly any healthy fats, vegetables, protein, or fiber in our bodies before 11 a.m.? How did they expect that back in the 80s and 90s? Or how to, like, how are we going to rollerblade, you know, by eating these cereals that aren't completely nutritionally sound, even though they have added vitamins? Um, okay, I say, I say my judge of nutritionally sound, my personal judgment, um, also based on medical fact, it's not just my opinion, it is based on medical fact and what works for me a gill living with polycystic ovarian syndrome, I say it's important to look at the sugar to protein to fiber ratio first, okay? If the fiber and or protein content are higher than the sugar, general rule of thumb, it's good. It's good. Ooh, the word's good and bad. It's nutritionally sound and it will keep you, yes, Annie agrees, it will keep you fuller, longer, and satisfied. While grape nuts has a good amount of fiber at seven grams, it has six grams of protein, which is high for a cereal, and it only has five grams of sugar. Cookie Crisp has two grams of fiber, two grams of protein, and 12 grams of sugar. 12 of those 12 grams are added sugar, meaning it's processed sugar. It's not sugar, for example, from fruits. So we can look at those ratios here and say that grape nuts is a healthier choice. Uh, Basically, Cookie Crisp has double the amount of sugar and grape nuts has double the, more than double the amount of the healthier stuff, fiber and protein. So when people ask me, oh, how did you lose those 100 pounds, Brooke? Like, boom, like asking a magician, how, how did you make a magic coin appear from behind someone's crusty ear? It, it really isn't just one simple answer, but one of the many hacks, if you will, um, that I did, it was say goodbye to cereal, any cereal, including healthy or quote unquote healthy cereal in the morning because I was left hungry and sugar crashing 
within an hour. And for someone who has polycystic ovarian syndrome, like I do, the sugar crashes are felt harder than someone who doesn't have any endocrine issues. Same as like for somebody with diabetes, right? You don't want to be eating a lot of sugary cereal or a lot of, you know, high carb, but low protein and low fiber stuff, especially in the morning. So not allowing myself a cup or a bowl, or let's face it, three bowls of cereal, a a childhood nostalgic one or otherwise, it isn't beating myself up. I don't view it like that. I do not view it like, oh, I'm depriving myself. It is allowing me to choose a healthier option because I want to feel better because it's hard enough to battle with the symptoms of PCOS or any other illness or symptom or syndrome on a given day, right? So what are those healthier options that work for me? Well, so back in the day, we know there was pizza, leftover pizza. Sometimes I would sneak one of Mama's Slim Fast shakes. Uh, have a lot of thoughts on those, as we know. I've talked about those in past episodes. Uh, I wasn't really a big breakfast person because I didn't like eggs at the time. Still don't really love eggs. I like them in the form of omelets. Um, I'm not a big breakfast meat fan, but I do like vegetarian breakfast meats occasionally like as a little treat and back in the day no one was really enlightened enough yet to be making smoothie bowls or to say hey let's eat salad for breakfast right like I've eaten salad for breakfast so as my boyfriend Harry what's what's the big deal I believe they do that in Japan but nowadays I will usually do like my crazy concoction of steel cut oats, hemp hearts, and chia seeds because it, it's a variety of, um, yes, some carbs and some healthy fat. So there's like some stabilization happening. Or I'll do cottage cheese with a sprinkle of Trader Joe's everything bagel seasoning if I'm feeling like a golden girl. Like remember that cottage cheese on top of a, um, what's the orange melon called? The can- can- cantaloupe, a cantaloupe. Or I'll have leftovers that aren't even breakfasty at all, like maybe like chicken and broccoli. Or if I'm feeling crazy, I'll make an omelet. Or like on set, I'll usually get an egg white omelet with a lot of vegetables because that's obviously mainly protein and fiber. And sometimes when I'm on set, I don't know when I'm going to eat again. Those are my hacks, y'all. But I really, really, really want to go back and revisit those cartoonish cereals of normal, quote-unquote, normal kids' childhoods because, Mama, that's where the fun is. So, Cookie Crisp, Honeycomb, Apple Jacks, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, Fruity Pebbles, Cocoa Pub... Poobles, Cocoa Pebbles. I could not ever get Mama to buy those for me, ever. Every so often, every so often, if mama was feeling crazy, there might be golden grams up in there. Do y'all remember golden grams? Oh, gosh. But when I spent the night at my aunt and uncle's house, boy, it was like Disney World of forbidden breakfast foods. Breakfast foods that turn the milk special colors. Y'all, they had powdered donuts in a bag. 
bag. They had Eggo waffles in the freezer. I felt like my breakfast had been made at a factory of magical beings, and I wanted in on this magic. I wanted that toy, but mainly aside from the toy, I just wanted a little taste of everything. And y'all, nowadays, nowadays, y'all, if I want something that tastes like apples, <laughs> I don't crave Apple Jacks. I want apple pie. And But I do understand there are some many actually ice cream places that will put nostalgic cereal on top or blend like the nostalgic cereal within. And I totally get it. But I think I'm a purist with childhood breakfast cereals and with ice cream. You know, I was always amazed at how every Saturday morning when I'd spend the night at my aunt and uncle's house, how my uncle was like a 30-year-old kid eating breakfast. And I thought, this is what you get to do when you're an adult. You get to eat all of the kids' cereals that you can't eat because when you're a kid, your mom won't let you. And y'all, see, this right here could have contributed to my obsession with these packaged sugary breakfast foods because they were so forbidden. We've talked about that before on the podcast. When something is so forbidden, it's like, you you wanted more. Um, Whereas for my uncle, it was just like... Boom, snap, another day at the office type of thing. This was the same uncle who liked to put butter on top of Pop-Tarts and then put them in the microwave, not the toaster. And ironically, the same uncle of mine, he's never gained a pound. He's never, knock on wood, like had many health issues, never had issues with his weight. But y'all, there are many arguments on this, Right. That it's his genetics or a hippie dippier more approach. He didn't label the food as bad, so his body didn't think it was bad, so he didn't gain weight, which is bad according to society. Or it just could have been that he was physically active and burned off all that, or it could just be luck. It could be anything. We don't need a reason. Y'all, I grew up in the 80s with diet culture thrown down my throat, especially as a female in the South having to be just a certain way. And I was not just a certain way. But y'all, we were also just coming off of a time period when jello molds were all the rage. So like, let's not completely blame our parents for not knowing any better. Let's just say, bless their hearts instead. And I want to say that nowadays... I do not limit any food. I do not label any food as off limits. I don't. I don't think it's healthy to do that. I just know that for me, with my body, what I need to focus on is fiber, protein, lower sugar, because that's my little cocktail to feel at my best. It's not about losing weight. And I've said this before, I lost weight when I stopped focusing on weight loss and forbidding and things like that. And I focused more on nutritionally sound food. And honestly, subsisting or starting the day with prepackaged breakfast isn't going to make me personally feel better physically or mentally. Or could it? So back in Louisiana, just a few years ago, I was down visiting and I was at my same aunt and uncle's house from those Saturday mornings of yore. The day prior, my aunt and uncle had to put their beloved senior rescue dog down. I was there in the room with her and I held her paw because they were too afraid to be in the room. 
when we got back to their house, my uncle went into his room and I heard him, a, a guy who does not really wear his heart or emotions on his sleeve. He was bawling. Understandably, understandably, as a fellow animal person and pet owner, I totally get it. I had just never heard my uncle cry. I had never seen him shed a tear. My dad or boyfriend, yeah, they're more like the emotional men type. Represent. I love a good emotional man. But that emotion never really came from my cartoon cereal sweet tooth Lego my ego pop tart loving uncle. A couple hours later, we were sitting at the kitchen table, and all of a sudden, despite a baby hurricane going on in East Baton Rouge Parish, my uncle took a deep deep breath, and he goes, I need waffles. I'm going to get waffles. Brooke, you want anything? And I was like, no, I'm okay. Because I live in New Jersey now, and I'm so programmed to diner culture, not diet culture, diner culture, I assumed my uncle was going to go eat a waffle at a diner, even though we don't have diners in South Louisiana, but we do have waffle houses. So I expected my uncle to be back in an hour or more after maybe having gone get his waffles at Waffle House, but nope. My uncle comes back in about 10 minutes, drenched from the baby hurricane going on outside with a box of Ego waffles. And that's when I realized that the breakfast packaged factory foods were comfort food for my uncle. And while I can pick them apart and say, oh, they're bad for you because they're loaded with carbs, they're loaded with sugar, but otherwise have no nutritional content. If they are making you feel better, in another sense, who am I? Who are any of the diet culture vultures to judge? Like, Lego his ego and get off of our high horses and just let it be. Prepackaged breakfast foods might have been something I could easily say goodbye to when I began my quest to p- feel better with having polycystic ovarian syndrome because it wasn't something that I really ever had to have. I was told it was bad for so long that I believed it. And when I ate it in college as a, a form of rebellion, I would get the store brand, a bottom shelf, and the bag because it was cheaper, the, the knockoffs of all those childhood nostalgia. I started to really observe eating something and then how I felt mentally and physically afterwards. And I noticed how those cereals gave me a sugar spike and it affected me mentally and physically. I totally felt off balance and I was just kind of over the kitchen nostalgia of it. Though I do have to say, I talked about Golden Grahams a little earlier. For any of my Golden Grahams or even Cinnamon Toast Crunch fans out there, there is a cereal, and they are not sponsoring this podcast, but I love them so much they don't have to pay me um, to sing their praises. It's called Catalina Crunch. I got it at Costco. It's like a healthier version of Golden Grahams with zero sugar, 11 grams of protein, 9 grams of fiber per half cup. So take that, grape nuts. I'm actually, I was actually, when I was writing this here outline, I was munching them as I wrote the outline for this episode. And the main ingredient in them is pea protein. And when I'm a little hungry and want to eat something, but really don't want to cook anything, and I kind of want something sweet, but don't know quite what to eat, I always go for this with a little bit of almond milk. And while Catalina Crunch may not come with a catchy jingle or a cartoony mascot, I still feel like I'm eating a taste of nostalgia 
in a way. Thanks so much for listening, y'all. It is my hope to inspire, uplift, and entertain you with this Who's Dat Fat Girl podcast. So if you're hungry for more, you can book me to speak or perform my solo show that inspired this podcast, Fat Girl Costumes, written by yours truly and directed by Brian Lady at your virtual or in-person event. Please visit brookhoover.com slash fluffybuttproductions or email me at contactbrookhoover at gmail.com for more info. And let's follow each other on Instagram. I'm at brookhoover. And the O's in my name are not the letter O. They're zeros. Not because I want to be a size zero, but because I guess I'm just so clever with my late 90s Yahoo self. And if you like this podcast, which I really hope you do, please give me a five-star rating and write a review on Apple Podcasts. And most importantly, share this with your friends, family, and other people you may know who are as fat as we are. That's fat with a PH.